You're listening to Trademarks Made Easy. Trademarks Made Easy is the podcast focused on helping brand owners in the e-commerce space. With your host, Susie Hickson, the private label lawyer. But don't worry, you won't find too much legalese here. Well, hey there. I'm your host, Susie Hickson, also known as the private label lawyer. As a trademark lawyer with specific experience in the private label world, my goal is to help you navigate the e-commerce space by properly selecting and protecting, and just as important, enforcing your trademarks. My trademark practice really focuses on helping brand owners who are in the e-commerce space. In this episode, I'm going to talk a bit about one of my least favorite subjects when it comes to brand protection, and that's Amazon. It's a little bit of a dirty word around these parts, but I'll keep this episode rated PG. I do want you to keep in mind that this podcast is not an Amazon-centric podcast. I'm a strong believer in building a business, a brand, and a brand name that can exist whether Amazon does or not. It's like the evil landlord and we're just living on rented space. But if you do sell on Amazon or desire to at some point, this information might be helpful for you when it comes to brand protection. Amazon seems to try to throw out a few new tools here and there and we will visit them over the life of this podcast. Oh, and if you know anyone who works in Amazon and brand protection, send them my way. I sure would love to have them on the show at some point. Now, as most of you all know, Amazon rolled out its new brand registry program, Brand Registry 2.0, a few years ago, promising to offer improved brand protection for those enrolled and providing yet another reason you really need to register your trademark with the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Now, the brand registry program requires a federally registered trademark in order to participate. And according to Amazon, only brands that have registered in the U.S., Canada, Mexico, India, Japan, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, the U.K., and the European Union are eligible for enrollment in the program. So some applicants may want to consider filing in these international jurisdictions as trademark applications in those foreign jurisdictions, excluding Canada, do seem to move quite a bit faster than with the USPTO. Also, please note that Amazon at some point changed its requirement that the registered trademark must be a standard character mark. And as of the date of this podcast, Amazon appears to be approving design or stylized registrations as long as there is a text portion that represents the trademark. So with this said, Amazon could change us back to requiring a standard character trademark only at any time. It's a dynamic platform, and we're just doing our best at any given moment to keep up with the changes. 
Further, please note that even if your brand was enrolled in the older Amazon brand registry, the older incarnation of this platform, um, before the new one rolls out, you won't be grandfathered into it. You've probably already applied for it, but just keep in mind that all brands must enroll in this new program and they must meet the new eligibility requirements. This move marks a shift in the e-commerce industry towards enhancing brand security and consumer protection with hijackers and counterfeiters at an all-time high, unfortunately. Internet sellers must take steps necessary to proactively protect their intellectual property. And if Amazon is a platform that you're selling on, you need to consider the protections that it offers. As the undisputed leader in the industry, this e-commerce giant has, and we hope, raised the bar in providing security and at least a little bit of peace of mind for its sellers and perhaps consumers. Now, one of the most beneficial features of Brand Registry 2.0 is the expanded counterfeit seller removal program. Brand Registry participants can now flag potential counterfeiters, and this will allow Amazon to hopefully swiftly take down listings. Now, there could be some debate amongst some of us at how quickly Amazon responds to those requests. Keep in mind, Amazon's job is not to enforce our trademarks for us. And so oftentimes we do have to look off the platform in terms of enforcing our trademarks. Amazon has also introduced this transparency program, which places codes on products, allowing consumers to find out more information about their purchased products by scanning the codes. This aims to cut down on counterfeit goods as participating manufacturers can place details about the origins and authenticity of their goods in the Amazon Transparency app, among other information. Now, registering your trademark with the USPTO and with Brand Registry allows Amazon to hopefully quickly and efficiently remove counterfeiters from your listing. And it also allows you as a seller to participate in brand registry to take full advantage of all the advancements that Amazon alleges to make in terms of brand protection. These new enhancements will hopefully prevent additional counterfeiters from entering the marketplace. This is good for both brand owners and consumers and gives brand owners more control over the brands. But part of the problem that I'm seeing is that Amazon is a lot of talk and really just a little bit of action. That's why it's so important to not get hyper-focused and to be Amazon-centric in terms of moving your product, distributing your product on the internet. Unfortunately. For newer companies, brands with pending trademark applications are not yet eligible for Brand Registry 2.0. The program does currently require proof of an actual registration on the principal register, not the supplemental register. And this is a, a podcast that I want to talk about in the future, the difference between 
the principal register with the USPTO and the supplemental register and the pros of each. But one thing I do want you to keep in mind that while if you do choose to file a trademark application on your own and you get what's called a descriptiveness refusal, don't automatically amend that application to the supplemental register. If you do, your mark will not be eligible for enrollment in Brand Registry 2.0. Hopefully, you will select a strong trademark and one that's not descriptive. And if you stick around with me long enough, I'm going to teach you just how to do that. Thanks for listening to Trademarks Made Easy with Susie Hickson, the private label lawyer. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe anywhere you find podcasts or at theprivatelabellawyer.com. Remember, the information provided in the Trademarks Made Easy podcast should not be construed as legal advice. It's for informational and entertainment purposes only. It should not be considered a substitute for legal advice. Also, I'm not your attorney. You should engage with an attorney to discuss your specific legal issues. And finally, while I have taken precautions to ensure that the content of my podcast is current and accurate, errors can occur. And thankfully, like us, the laws are ever evolving. And that's all for now, but I will see you in the next episode of the Trademarks Made Easy for Private Label and E-Commerce Sellers podcast, where I'll let you in on a little brand protection secret that trademark owners rarely talk about, but can really get you ahead of the brand protection competition. See you then.